This episode of the Council of the First One was recorded on January 11, 2015. Hello and Happy New Year, and welcome to another episode of the Council of the First Ones. I'm Kelly, the host of Toys and Tunes, an admin for the Great Rebellion. Joining me today is my fellow colleague, an admin. Yoni? Hey, how's everything going for you, Yoni? Mm, fine. This week has been Breaking Bad and Duke Nukem 3D. Also joining us from Nerds on the Couch is Renee. Boy, I haven't talked to you in a year. Yeah, it's been a while, but I've been uh, busy enjoying uh, my Xbox and uh, my sweet little collections that I've had for uh, Christmas, which... Uh, Included the uh, Battle Ram, and I've been getting into the uh, Batman animated series figures from DC Collectibles, and those are nice. How are you putting up with the cold down in Texas? I'm cold. <laughs> Heaters on full blast. I hate this cold. Because <laughs> I know that's something unusual for you. For me, it's normal. And today we happen to have a very special guest, Joe Morrow, who is one of the best customizers out there. He has worked with the Four Horsemen on several different projects, and I'd like to welcome him. Hi, Joe. Hey, how's it going, guys? Oh, pretty good. Oh, I got to tell you, Joe, that dragon you made was amazing. Oh, the one for the show? Yeah. Oh, God. I still look at it. I'm like, oh, I wish I could have afforded it. (laughs) If you thought the pictures were amazing, Renee, you should have seen it in person. I love his work. I've seen his work up close, but I can't afford it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was awesome. When, when the guys were telling me that they wanted to do something for Mythic Legions, I was super excited. And I asked, well, can I do like a dragon or whatever? And they're like, yeah, just go for it. Do something crazy. And I had about maybe like two weeks to hurry up and get it done because, you know, we were I was leaving for New York and I got it done. And it just it came out really awesome. We were all really happy with it. Got it. If you got more time, that would have been, whoa. <laughs> I mean, it was already, I know, at the show, I think it, everyone was just blown away. Yeah, it was, that was neat. I think the, I forgot the gentleman's name, the Wayne Barlow, when he was there and he was looking at all the different stuff, because you know how they're doing the Power Lords with, he was staring at it, and I went up to him and asked him, hey, what do you think? And he was telling me, oh, I think this is awesome, this is amazing. And I was like, I was like, I did it. And he's like, oh, that's great. And that was such a huge compliment for me. For, you know, someone, you know, a designer of, you know, his stature and all the stuff he's done with movies and things. It was just really cool to get a compliment from him. Well, I got to ask you, since we have you here on uh, the show and all that, I know there's some things you can't talk about, but uh, what's one things you're working on right now? Uh, Secret CIA government stuff? What? Working on some dioramas for New York Fair. Not, not, it's for another company. It's actually just a display. Just let me know what what company so I can stop at the booth. Oh, you know, I, I'm not even sure the name of the company. I gotta find out. Because I'm just talking, we just started talking and they wanna do, I think they're doing like some statues or something and they hired me to make some dioramas to display their artwork. Their product, I'm sorry. So, that's kind of the thing that I'm working on today. For, what, some of the licenses they have for phones. Then, uh, Walking Dead comic, and I don't know what the other ones are. It's kind of neat just to do dioramas. 
Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I was thinking uh, when you said the dioramas and all that, everybody's kind of wondering what happened to the uh, Three Towers one they did for uh, the Motu collection. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, that was at San Diego Comic-Con? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know what happens to all that stuff. I tell you, if I had that one here, I mean, nobody would know I had it, but uh, <laughs> still, I mean, yeah, those are pretty sweet, and they do make the presentation so awesome. Oh, they do, yeah. That's kind of neat about New York Toy Fair. Sometimes they have really cool displays like that, but it's kind of sad because nobody ever gets to see them. I mean, you'll see them in pictures, but, you know, not like San Diego. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah, I think some of the best displays are from Sideshow and those guys. They have some awesome stuff in San Diego. Oh, I I know I went through their uh, Court of the Living Dead. That was amazing. I'm hoping they have that. I think they showed it in Hong Kong. Somewhere in China, they had a full-size, life-size Hulkbuster from the New Avengers movie. I hope they have that in San Diego. Can you imagine how much that one would cost? Oh, it'd be awesome, though. Well... I know what you're talking about, because when I go to California and I go to Frankensons, the uh, Sideshow guys have a booth. They're, they're always at uh, Frankensons, and I was looking through their stuff. They had the Adam West, the Bird Ward figures. They had the kick-ass figures, and I wanted the Adam West, and I was like, how much is that one? He was like, $800, and I'm like, that's my whole vacation. <laughs> And that was one of their cheaper ones. Yeah, I mean, the Avengers ones, oh my god, I saw one for like $5,000, and I'm like, why? That's crazy. I'd rather get a real Iron Man suit for that money, sheesh. <laughs> and now I know they use the um, 3D imaging where you can actually be part of your favorite thing, where they can scan your face and in, and put it in the figure that you want it. Because they were also showing that at San Diego. Yeah, General Giant had that up there both, too, in San Diego. They had a... I think you could choose a character, and they would turn you into one. they just scan your face and put it on there. Yep. Well, the one I wanted was... I know they had something with Disneyland, too, where they scan you and they put you in Carbonite. Oh, yeah, I saw... Or you could be a Stormtrooper or something. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was tempted last time I was there. I saw that where they made you into Carbonite, and my wife was like, absolutely not, because I would put that in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it was full size, was it? I thought it was little, like seven inches or something. No, little. they had different sizes. They had, they had the, the Carbonite one was actually full size. Oh, that would be and that was like, a, if I remember right, it was almost like 5000 bucks. And they were people who had it. There was a, They were telling me there was a waiting list. I've always wanted to do that, make a life-size Han Solo and Carbonite. Well, I know you could. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just an issue of money and space. I don't know if you guys heard, well, saw all over the internet, that the producer who is uh, signed on to the Masters of the Universe film, tweeted out a picture of the title page of the finished script. So we're a little bit closer to getting he new He-Man movie. So what's your thoughts? I'm excited. I can't wait. You know, I hope... I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect. I hope it's I hope it doesn't take the direction that Hollywood does with some of these movies where they don't really, you know, honor the property. And they kind of go off into their own thing, you know, Michael J. type of stuff. I hope they kind of stick a little bit to the lore and kind of follow that a little bit. But I'm super excited to see another He-Man movie. 
I watch movies now like Thor, and, and I'm just like, you know, wow, look at the possibilities for a He-Man movie. Oh, I know. With the CGI and all the technology, we can actually go to Eternia. Oh, yeah. I mean, now they can easily make Battle Cat. They could really make Oracle like how they could do it in the 80s. Now they could. Well, you know, you brought up that point. So, you know, I'm the same way. When I've gone to movies, like the one that stands out was like Thor, the Dark World. Yeah. When I kept seeing it, I kept thinking, oh, they could do this like He-Man. Oh, and then, like, the other one that struck me, too, was John Carter, which gets a lot of bad buzz, but it was actually a good movie. It was a good movie. It was. Yeah, there's a lot of movies that I watched. Like, I remember watching Avatar, and they were in the world where it's floating, and I'm like, oh, that's where Stratos lives. And, you know, there's always something in the movie that I'm thinking, oh, wow, that could be in He-Man. Oh, wow, that could be in the movie. And I see that all the time, so I'm super excited. I hope I hope they really do it justice. Like, that world, that whole fantasy Type of world. I know a while back they were talking about, when they were talking about doing a movie, the guys that were doing it were writing it, were wanting it to look like the boxes, like the ones that Rudy Obrero painted, that type of world, and that would be amazing. So I, I, I don't know what kind of world this is going to be, but I'd love to see like a cool fantasy, Frazetta type of look to it. The buzz started with the Rose Kubel dinner and they had the director or screenwriter. When I was hearing him talk, I have to give credit. He he knew what he was talking about. He had, you know, he had the toys, he had the cartoons, and but he emphasized that he's trying to make it his own. And I keep thinking, special effects, this movie, no matter how you have to dance around it and all that, it is going to be a very heavy special effects movie. And it does require a lot of effort. And I hope the studio is willing to commit to it, because this could be a franchise. Very easily. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I wonder if they're, it's kind of hard because recently, kind of all the movies have been sort of fantasy besides Lord of the Rings and, you know, The Hobbit. They haven't done well, like Hercules and all these, uh, Clash of the Titans, but I just, I don't think they did them right. They didn't, they didn't, you know, take, stay true to the source. So when fans saw it, they were really disappointed. I know I was with Clash of the Titans and, some of the Hercules movies. Well, I agree with you. The The Legend of Hercules, I think, overall was bad. They, they tried to do like 300 Yeah. with bad acting. Uh, the one with The Rock was a little better. It was, but you know what bothered me about that one is that they try to get rid of or play down the whole fantasy element of it because he is a fantasy character. And I just hated that they tried to make him just a regular guy who has a legend. I, if I wanted to live in that world. I wanted to see the Hydra. I wanted to see, you know, all the... Huge lion. I wanted to see all that, but it's re- Well, I was going to ask you guys, since you guys are here, the, the thing that struck me with the interview was that he kept bringing up Guardians of the Galaxy. When he mentioned that, I kept thinking, yes, it would work. Getting that, I mean, not exactly, of course, but the elements of Guardians of the Galaxy and giving that spirit to Motu. Do you think that would work? Hmm. I think it would. I think... Part of it, part of the thing when, when making this movie, not for us, because obviously we're fans and, you know, and, but for normal people out there, I guess we could call them non, non He-Man fans, you're gonna have to kind of play it so they accept the world right away. You know, I don't know how they're gonna dress, if they're all gonna be in the loincloths or whatever, but you kind of have to be like, okay, this is our world, accept it. And then let's move on with our story. And that's what was kind of neat about Guardians of the Galaxy, it's just kind of like, this is our world, accept it, we're moving on. We have a talking raccoon, 
We have a giant tree. Let's move on. And I think that's how He-Man needs to play it too. Like, okay, we have a we have a big green cat. We have wizard. We have robots. Let you know. Here's our story. Yeah, I have to agree. They're gonna have to do that. I mean, yeah, they're gonna be introducing all the main characters like they did with Guardians, but they've got to do it fairly short and get into the story. I mean, they are, the buzz about okay, He-Man and Skeletor has started to penetrate thanks to Honda with their two commercials and their um, YouTube video, where I'm hearing some buzz from kids who never even mentioned them before. So the foundation's starting to be laid. And when they and when they do the movie, they're not going to have to explain a lot if they start with the core group. Well, let's face it. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm calling it right now. The movie is going to be an origin story. It has to be. Because nobody really knows who they are. Who aren't true fans. Who have been yeah. with us yeah, most forever. <laughs> yeah, and and there's going to be a little bit... I think they're going to have to fight a little bit of that stigma that He-Man is, you know, like, it's it's cheesy. Or it's, you know, it's that you just have to be careful, so... But I think people are more accepting. I think Guardians of the Galaxy proves that people are willing to accept fun a fun fantasy movie. It doesn't have to be all dark, like The Dark Knight and the Batman films. It doesn't have to be dark for people to accept it. They'll accept it. They just want to see it. As long as the story is good and the characters are great, then they'll accept it. And exactly. I mean, I read an article uh, somewhere saying that the uh, era of the, the dark movies are kind of fading away because people are kind of tired of like really, really dark uh, film noir superheroes. And when I was thinking about this, I kept thinking, okay, it has to be an origin movie. And if he's talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, part of that movie what made it good was the characters. And if you do Orko, who is a silly character, I mean, he's comic relief and he's very cartoony and silly. But if you do him right, he could be very likable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, easily. Yeah, and he could be, you know, he could be the one that they market towards kids a lot. You know, because they always need to have that angle of, well, let's pull in kids and, or maybe they'll have somebody else, but, I mean, it, I think it's totally good. As long as the characters, again, as long as the characters are good and they're very likable, I think people will accept it. It's fine. You don't have to be super realistic. And I'm the, you know, I mean, when you said realistic, I'm kind of like, I understand now, you know, CGI. Orko obviously will be 100% CGI. It's done. It's, they can do it really easy. And then I keep thinking about my favorite aspect is the villains. You know, I want to see Trapjaw and Triclops and Beastman. I mean, can you imagine how they're going to look in the film? Uh, if they oh. follow a little bit of the design from the 2000X figures that the Horsemen did, that would be amazing. I would love that look. Yes, that would be an amazing look. Where they're, they're kind of realistic, look very detailed, but they're still very true to the characters. I mean, part of it, too, is that, you know, when I kept thinking, I, I, I sat down and I kept thinking, how would Trap John look like? I mean, you have to, he could realistically costume-wise, I mean, we've seen some really good cosplays, uh, especially the act, uh, the guy who does, uh, Triclops, uh, we've seen him, he's in the fan films. Oh, um, Johnny, uh, Oh, I can't remember his last name. Starts with a B. Yeah, but we've all seen the the costumes, and I kept thinking, you know, these guys need to be on film. These guys need to be on screen. But you have to know, like, if you see them, you have to know their essence. And 
you could see their action figures, but again, you have to make them a little different. And I kept thinking, like, again, that Skeletor can be done easily CGI. Well, CGI face. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they don't need to do the mask. As good as Frank Langella was, I think now we have to do CGI mask and all that. And again, very special effects film. Yeah, this cannot be a low-budget film. I know originally they were saying medium or mid-budget. Hopefully the script will show the higher-ups that maybe they need to throw some more money at it to make it on the same level as Guardian. And therein lies in the, the real struggle, because uh, Guardians, again, was Marvel Studios, who is owned by Disney. Disney has the powerhouse. Disney has, like, the apps, you know, they, they, they could write blank checks, lose money, and not bad an eye. Every other studio, you know, they, they can go bankrupt tomorrow. Right. With some really bad movies, so that's always worrisome. And especially all the problems Sony just went through. Because Columbia is owned by Sony. Well, as long as James Franco is not He-Man, I'm okay. <laughs> and as long as they keep Michael Bay away from it. that <laughs> they mentioned he's thinking about Thundercats. <laughs> the problem with Michael Bay is that he makes money. I don't know how, but he does. It's it, like blowing it's up stuff. Well, as much as we joke, Transformers were not that bad. The first one was definitely the better of all the movies. The last one was okay. It seemed it was a little bit of a hot mess, but the first one was pretty good. It, I just I just didn't I couldn't get behind the robots. It just to me it looked like a really good robot action movie, but it didn't feel like Transformers. No, just so organic looking, and I couldn't tell what was what or you know when who was they, who. Yeah, and when, who was how how did they look? And especially when they were fighting each other, it just looked like a jumbled mess. I, I just always had a problem with it, but but story wise was okay. Well, I will concede that I do have problems with the way they look because, yeah, you are you are right. They when you have them fighting and the way he shoots them, like when he shoots them up close, you can't tell what's going on. You know, these things have to be like shot from wide angles and far away distances. But you're right. Uh, the first one was good because they paid tribute to the original cartoons and the ideas, and then. The second one got cartoony with the uh, those dumb robot guys. I forgot who they are, Skidmark or something. And uh, then the third one was, I consider that one just horrible. Yeah. But they redeemed themselves with the new one. And the Dinobots were good. Yeah, like the five seconds they were in the movie. <laughs> it was funny because they were such an afterthought. Um, I, I, went to, I went to go see the movie because of the Dinobots. And I was waiting for them all movie and I'm like, I guess they're not going to show up. And at the end, they show up. We're like, hey, we're Dinobots. We're like, oh, that's cool. And then they ran away. Yeah. <laughs> and yet that was what they kept typing. Yeah, that's what they kept on showing in every single trailer. And in all the marquees and all the billboards was the Dinobots. And then you saw them for like five minutes. And they were gone. Okay. And that's the thing I kept thinking with the, the Masters movie. Was that, you know, you got so much material to make sequels. I mean, the first one's an origin story. The second one, uh, you could easily do his own standalone story. Or again, you could bring in the Snake Men. You could bring in the Horde. You eventually have to bring in She-Ra. I think fans, the fans will want She-Ra. Oh, I think so. Wasn't there talk that the, I guess the writer, somebody was, was not a She-Ra fan? Well, from the interview, I don't, you know, some people just reacted negatively to it because he kind of said that 
he wasn't into Shira as a kid, and I kind of relate to him because as a kid, I really was not into Shira that much. You know, I, I, I mentioned it in other shows was that I only saw a couple of cartoons. I thought they were okay. And I only had a Shira doll. That's the only thing I had. And even then, I had to convince my parents that I'm not buying dolls. Yeah, I was into Shira. I never really got any of the dolls. I got the figures that looked like Masters figures, but I never I never got any of the dolls. But I, I love this show, and I'm a big Shira fan. Yeah, I mean, now that I'm older, I, I like it. I understand it, you know, and the classics figures are awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do think eventually you have to bring, especially the way the comic books, the way the, the DC Comics brought She-Ra in was way better. That I'm sure the, the director is looking at those. And he mentioned that he is looking at the comic books. Yeah. yeah. When these guys do a movie and there's so much money involved, they really have, they really do the research and they look at all materials and, because ultimately they want it to be a success. So you have to look at what is popular and what is successful within the franchise and then play off of that. It's kind of interesting that, like, talking about other movies, G.I. Joe, when they did theirs, I guess when they were doing their planning or their pre-production, I guess that's when Sigma-6 was out. So consequently, the first movie was sort of Sigma-6-like. And they kind of just ignored the the other, the, the first version, the 80s version of G.I. Joe. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with the Masters movie, which genre they follow or they just invent their own. Well, we are kind of lucky. We're at a point where... There's not really media for it. You know, there's not a new cartoon for it. There's been different interpretations. The way I heard the director, especially when they asked him uh, kind of about designs and all that, uh, I do think we're going to see He-Man with pants, which I know if Crespo was with us, he'd be like, oh, red pants. <laughs> I know, I'm with him on that. And I'm like, okay, you know, you got to make some concessions. If you're going to make a movie accurate He-Man, you got to make some modern concessions. Now, you could, again, I'm not for the furry pants because people will make fun of the furry pants, but you can make like a New Adventures clash or design kind of, well, I want to say basically like the DC Comics version now. He's not that bad in the DC Comics. No, I can tolerate the way he is in DC Comics, as long as they don't go with those red pants where he looked like Iron Man. And, well, that was a fear, because when Joe mentioned G.I. Joe, I kept thinking they were looking at Iron Man. You know, because remember, Iron Man came out uh, earlier, and uh, when I saw the suits and all that, I kept thinking, Iron Man. Oh, easily, because we had made that discussion when we were looking at those first few issues when they were still trying to feel out where Attorney was and trying to find the voice of the Masters in the new comic series. Because that's when we had Stripper Tila, too. And luckily we got rid of her. Well, I do want to see well, Stripper Tila in the movie. Though the uh, goddess is almost to stripper point. Well, if we're going to have a sorceress, Joe, come on, you're with me on this. Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez were a sorceress? Yeah. Why? I don't, why? I don't understand. I mean, that, that's, I'm, I'm not saying no, I'm just Jennifer Lopez. Um, my logic is is because one it, the 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 DC Comics dress reminds me of the Jennifer Lopez dress. The one that she had the malfunction with. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> two. Uh, I'm start. Well, I, I have her in my mind because I'm seeing previews of that movie where she gets it on with a 20 year old or something. And uh, I keep thinking, okay, you got to have a lady who's older, but you got to have her hot. What, are we going Fifty Shades of Eternia now? 
Well, you have to go. You have to get the sex appeal going here, too. Yes, I will grant you that. I, I, I'm not sure I'm feeling J-Lo. I, <laughs> I, I guess. They, then they'll do a, like a musical tie-in, and she'll sing, and she'll do <laughs> and song. Yeah, cool. Then we could do Pitbull as Man-at-Arms. <laughs> <laughs> now you're crazy. Now we're talking. Now. <laughs> Well, come on, man. Get to sculpting. <laughs> what are you trying to convince him to do that as the 2016 line? Yeah, I'm trying to convince him to do like a celebrity. Celebrity. Hey, like you did with the old Toy Fair magazines. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, part of it, too, and also uh, the question I was going to ask you guys. When you think of the movie, uh, I don't think they're going to do the 87 movie. You know, they're, they're not going to go that route. Oh, you mean Tila will know what a bucket of chicken is? <laughs> they're not coming to Earth. And uh, they're not going to do the... Uh, they are going to do the Prince Adam transforming into He-Man type of thing. Do you guys think there's going to be the same actor? Or uh, two different actors? Or... Ooh, that's interesting. They could do it like how they did um, Captain America. You know, where he was really scrawny and thin and then he got super buff. I guess they could do that. That's yeah, I mean, they'd have to have, if they're going with two actors, they'd have to look very similar. One buff and one not so buff, but with the CGI now, they can easily go with the one actor and just uh, enhance certain things, like Calvin Klein did with Bieber. <laughs> uh, they enhance certain things on him to make the picture look better. I think I would like, I don't know if I want to see... A literal transformation, you know, hold up the sword. I think it'd be cool if it was more like a metaphorical transformation, like he was this prince, and he goes through bad stuff, and he becomes He-Man, you know, like a journey of a hero and training and stuff like that. I think I'd rather see that than a scrawny kid raise a sword and then become buff. I don't know, that's just me, though. So you're in favor of the, uh, not the secret identity and all that? No, I I don't know. I, I guess it could work, but... I think audiences might buy more the, just, you know, the regular people. A, more of a meta, metaphorical change, you know, him growing or going through a bad tragedy and he has to find himself again and reinvent himself as He-Man. That might be a little bit more appealing than transforming, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they're going for. Yeah, but they'd have to incorporate somehow the uh, famous line. Come on. Everyone, even non-He-Man fans, know... By the power of Grayskull. Yeah. I mean, he could still So that it. would have to find some way, because I do like that metaphoric way. It's sort of the way that DC's going anyway, where there is no need for secret identities. Everyone pretty much knows. Well, in the comic book, I'm kind of the same way, because everybody knows he's Adam, and I'm always like, why does he even bother transforming back? Well, I don't even think he does anymore, but he did it in the uh, DC uh, meets... Motu comic book, and I'm like, why? He did it so his mother would recognize him. That's why. Because he only had to do it that once. Well, yeah, maybe I missed that. But I do see I do see what they're talking about. And he does say the line in the comic book whenever he needs a booster. Well, I do want to point out, Dolph Lundgren never said by the power of Grayskull. Well, he stayed He-Man the whole time, too. He did say, I have the power. Yeah, and he only said it once. Yeah. Which I don't even know what it did. Just let us know that he had the power. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I know with the original, there was no transformation scene, and I know that was one of the things that let a lot of people down. But that was still during the heyday of He-Man, where everyone knew, knew it from the filmation version, where now enough time has passed, even since the last cartoon, that it is going to be like a clean slate for the franchise. I just hope it's better than the Turtles movie. Oh, yeah. I can't believe Nickelodeon approved that. Besides the movie, we just finished up the class of 2014 of Motu figures and accessories. So what was your favorite out of the entire class? Or should I just guess, Renee? I went around the web and I tried to get a feel for, like, what people really liked and who they were into and all that. And I got to say, this year was kind of up in the air with everybody. There was, like, not one specific figure that everybody just gravitated to. You guys notice that? It was an all-star year. And most other years, everybody was looking for, they were looking forward to Ram Man, or they were looking forward to somebody, you know, that everybody was talking about. And this year, there really wasn't. We were just kind of, like, excited to get pretty much everybody. They were really good characters. I mean, even the uh, Princess of Power miniline, we had all good characters, and the new version of Shira was well accepted, which I was surprised with how many people disliked the new adventures that they would accept her going in that direction. Well, I think people liked her because, one, she did look cool. I mean, the design... Oh, she was... It was an amazing design. I enjoyed building that cosplay. And as much as I remember last year, people complained about all the different variants, the, you know, the Vicor and the uh, Demo Man and all that, because everybody kind of wanted their core figures. They wanted vintage and established figures. And uh, I said it before, people don't know what they want, because now people kind of were denied it. We didn't get anything new for a while. And when the Shira came out, I think people were like, wow, this looks pretty good. I kind of like the Shira. We should have more of these. And I've seen posts like that, and I'm kind of like, oh, my God. And yet, a, a, less than a year ago, you were saying, no more of this. You're right. People don't know what they want until they see it. But, you know, as good as that figure was, I, I did find her lacking a little. Just the plain self. I mean, the figure is nice. Came with the sword, the shield. And I did find it kind of like, is this it? You know, I, I thought it would it needed some weapons. You know, like maybe some green spears or uh, a different head or... It needed something, you know? But I think they were trying to keep it under budget so they wouldn't have to make it one of the uh, quarterlies where they charge a little bit more, too. An extra weapon wouldn't be so bad. Because I do like Shira's uh, Comax. I would have liked a green... A green version of it. I mean, they have the mold. Especially comparing it... Well, I'm comparing it to the New Adventures He-Man. The new Adventures He-Man was superior. It came with two heads, body armor, the shield, the sword. You know, you, you got, really, you got your money source with that figure. Yeah, but it was also, a lot of it was a kit bash where, with her, there were some new sculpting as well. Though the, some parts could have been reused easily. I want to tell you about one that people keep joking about on the website and all that. And I'm talking about Hydron. What's up with the jokes? I think because he came out at the same time as the Winter Soldier, and they were doing Hail Hydron. <laughs> and it just was coincidental. 
now people just can't stop making those jokes. And I, I want to point out, that figure is okay. Not the worst figure we ever had. But still, I mean, I think it looks really cool. People complained about the bulky uh, body harness, which I agree. Uh, it was, and Joe, you can back me up. They could have done a little better job, couldn't they? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, and, and they've gotten better at it. They've gotten better at the, the whole bulky chest piece, which was a little sad when I saw it. I was like, oh, it's kind of, it's hard. I would have gone a little different, too. I, I would have had it like, uh, you could have, like, he could have came with, uh, flippers. You could have put on him underneath his, his feet. And he needed a human head. I mean, he needed the his exposed head, like in the cartoon with the weird... Because he's a ginger, and we don't get enough ginger action figures. Yes, that's true. We don't have that many. And they're mostly the ladies with the ginger. So, I know one of my favorites, at least for the last class, is still Magua. I never had him as a kid, and I have not played with that figure. Well, I gotta ask, Joe, did you have Magua as a kid? I did not. Oh... It's kind of crazy, but a lot of these figures I didn't even have as a kid. I saw them, which some I didn't even know about, but that's what's kind of neat about the Classics line, is that a lot of them I didn't have, but I saw them, so it's kind of cool because I'm getting them for the first time. I had Modulok as a kid, and I really enjoyed him. I, I played with him a lot as a kid. He came in a box, just like, you know, and it was really cool that the guys did the, you know, the Classics version too, but... I did not pick him as my favorite for the year, simply because of one thing, the the waist. He can, You know, the waist is attached to him, and when I was a kid, the waist detaches. And they, they said that with uh, uh, Multibot, the waist detaches. And just that hinge joint connected really stopped a lot of my building and what I used to do as a kid. Because that joint seems to get in the way of me working and customizing him and, and all that. So, you know, because of that, it's kind of a downer for me. He looks great. I'm I'm amazed that we got him. Again, I, when, I, when we saw him at Toy Fair, my jaw dropped because I was like, wow, we're actually getting him. And Mattel easily could have just made one figure and no transformable features on him. But we got him, and he's awesome, but, oh, I wish he was a little more to the original. So who is your favorite? Well, picking at this and all that, you know, because I look at it and I, I pick what I like, what I don't like. And uh, like I said, this year, it was really tough for me. But my winner is too bad because that figure um, has the essence of the original. You see him, you know, wow, that's too bad. He has the, the sculpting on the heads are top notch. The mace weapon is cool. And just his overall design. I mean, you really see the love the Four Horsemen put into him. Joe, what's your pick? Ah, uh, well, just, it's more on a selfish side, but it's not even a figure. But since you gave it to me on the list, I'm going to choose the Battle Rat. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the vehicle of the year. And it's just because, I mean, I love the way it came out. I think Mattel did an awesome job. Nagat did an awesome job. And I just think it came out great. But I think it's just because it was such a long time coming. You know, when when we first did it, gosh, I'm thinking 2006, 2007. I mean, it was just kind of a dream. You know, we were talking at the time with the horsemen. Actually, we were doing a... I was working with them on some vehicle statues. And we started talking about vehicles and whatever. And, and we kind of... 
you know, they were thinking, well, let's try to do one. And I was like, let's do it. Let's, let's just pitch it. And they were like, yeah, let's try it. And, you know, I, it was sort of, it was a big test for them also because to, at that point, they were not doing really a lot of digital. Every, every, they, they, they're, they're all about hand fabricating, which is awesome. But I was talking to them about, well, maybe if we do this, we could do it digital just because it's a vehicle and it just should be clean. And, and that was kind of a back and forth. And finally we made it and it came out awesome. And it's just been the long road, but that's the vehicle that started, you know, us, Mattel allowing us to have vehicles and expand the line. And so it's just, you know, it just means a lot. Now I'm going to, I want to be, uh, I want to make the point here that I'm not letting you off the hook yet with this because, uh, we're talking about figures. This is my toy. I'm holding him right now in my hand just because I'm looking at him and I'm talking to you. Uh, this is my toy of the year. Overall, you know, it was like if somebody said, hey, what was the most awesome super toy of 2014? I'm going to hold up this battle ram here. Yeah. So he is, uh, he was not hand sculpted, right? Is that the understanding? No. It was, well, parts of it were. Most of it was digitally done and digitally outputted. And then the guys went in and fixed a lot of the stuff on it. Um, the, the missile they revised part of the, the, I guess it's a dragon head that's on the front. They revised. There's a lot of little stuff that they went in and fixed and revised, and that was done all by hand. So it was a kind of a mixture. Yeah, because um, that I, well, I don't want to say a complaint I had was I know they had to do it for safety reasons, but the missile is a Nerf missile. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, when we first did it, that thing shot across the room. <laughs> oh, that would have been cool. And the guys were like, yeah, I don't think Mattel's ever going to go for this because that's really going to hurt somebody. But it was awesome. It did. It shot across the room. And now it's a little softer. But it's cool because, you know, I have I have a one-year-old and he's playing with it and he's able to push in the missile and he's able to shoot it out. And it's kind of cool. It's kind of awesome to see him playing with the toy that I was a part of. It just brings it full circle. And, you know, the... the uh... I gotta admit, looking at it, I'm surprised he actually came with the um, the firing mechanism. I was half expecting them not to uh, include it, you know, just for cost saving yeah. tips. And I think it would have sold anyway if it didn't. Oh yeah, I think it would have too. It was just a nice little surprise for everybody. And I'll tell you the one thing that I withdrew it from the, uh, the my figure list was that uh, one. I think the snake head was kind of a little bit of a, a downer. I know they were doing the filmation version yeah. of that to let you know, oh, this is a bad guy vehicle. And then the other thing I have to say I, I was not crazy about was the man-at-arms figure. No, know? I didn't like the man-at-arms either. Who I mean, you? I understand they wanted to give us pieces that if we wanted to create, to finally have a filmation one, we could tear it apart and mix and match all the different man-at-arms get our filmation NYP at 2000X, and they were giving us those missing pieces, but I didn't care for it. Who do you think would have been better? Uh, one, I think uh, overall Mattel should have been a little more aware of the cost because uh, I was one of the few who, uh, well, I didn't buy him from, uh, I know he's back on sale, but I missed out on him, and uh, luckily I had a, uh, there's a seller here in El Paso who had like three of them, Oh, wow. And I managed to, uh, well, I owed him, or he owed me, and so he sold it to me at cost. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, it, it, 
it did cost a bit of money. You know, it did, you know, especially around the holidays and all that. It did hurt. I happily paid it, um, but it did hurt. And I'm thinking, okay, is this figure who normally now is like 28 bucks? Um, take, taking him, if I think if they took him out of the package and all that, he could, the battle ram could have been sold for 75, 80. Yeah. Which would have been a little cheaper. And I think more people, well, people are buying him slowly, but they're buying him, buying the vehicle. But I think yeah. it would have sold a little better. It was a, a smaller price. And also, I think the timing, because they always seem to put out the most expensive and the ones that we all want right at Christmas time. That's why I was glad to see that after all the Christmas hype and the sales were all over, they put it back up in January. For those of us who got money during Christmas, and we can turn around and get ours. So that was a smart thing that Mattel did do this time. Yeah, the price was tough. Well, we knew it was going to be expensive. I had no idea how much because of the size. When we first saw it, we were like, wow, this thing is ginormous. So. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it is a great vehicle. And anybody who collects Motu classic figures and all that, um, they're happy. I, I've seen the posts when they buy it and they have it and all that. They all say they're happy with it. Nobody really complains about it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys something. There's something that we did that made it different from the um, classic toy, and that is the back wheel. The back wheel is now big. It's like monster, like, you know, big, massive. And I've seen some posts of people kind of saying, well, I kind of wish it was a little wheel, like the old 80s toy. And we just kind of beefed it up. How do you guys feel about that? I think it fits perfectly. Not an issue with me whatsoever, man. I, I always stood in the eighties that that. Sorry. No, I was. I was. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that in the eighties, I always thought that back wheel should have been bigger because it looked like it would have been too small and not support the whole back end. Yeah, that was sort but of. Now part. it looks proportional. Yeah, well, that was sort of the thought. Was this, this is a battle ram? It's a big monster vehicle. It just needs to look heavy. And the two little wheels just, I didn't think did it justice. And so that's why we did a big old back wheel back there. I just think it, it just proportionally, I think it feels better. You know, it does. I mean, honestly, um, I know I still have my original battle ram and I didn't notice it, but to me, it was not an issue whatsoever. It, it looks beautiful and. I always say if it captures the essence, it's a success. And, you know, looking at it, I mean, anybody a mile away sees, oh, that's the battle ram. It, it is great. It's an awesome vehicle. You know, the, uh, the little stands in the back so you could put your guy yeah. in there holding it. And I think it's a little funny. You have that weird looking colorful face in the back. Yeah. Yeah, that they sculpted the sticker instead of putting it as a decal. Yeah. There was a lot of fans that were surprised by that, but we were like, but it's in the sticker. It's in the original. Maybe some kids don't remember it, you know, I mean, you know, fans now don't remember it, but yeah, it was back there. It's just so weird looking that it kind of throws you out, like, whoa, what's this? And people forget, there was like weird looking stuff, like an Arkessel Grayskulls. And... Oh yeah, there was some there was some crazy artwork all over the place. But you, kinda, I guess as a fan, you kind of get used to it. But I don't know, people were kind of thrown off by the back of the battle ram, even though we were like, oh, it's in this, it's in the sticker. It's back there, it's in the original toy. 
Well, I don't think it's like I don't think it's like it's there. I think the thing is that it's like it's like really protruding. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I think if it was just a little sculpted like the uh, the sides or something, you know, I don't think people would complain. But I mean, it's really sticking out there. It is. Some people have said it does look like a hippie, you know, from the seventies. Weird <laughs> alien creature. I love it. I think it looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I don't exactly want a head for it, you know, like some people are sculpting the heads. Yeah, it, it's really there and it's protruding. I think that's what it stands, that's why it stands out so much. Yeah. But it's also there, give a little comic relief too. Come on, you're going into battle, you see that, you're going to chuckle a little bit. And even when you see it on your toy stand now, you see it, it you chuckle at it. Well, I took it like a, like a battle battalion symbol, you know, like uh, in Clone Wars, how you have like the sexy robot girl on the side of the ship. That's true. That's cool. That's a good thought. That yeah. or an oversized uh, bumper sticker. You know, because I don't think we're going to have like uh, a pinup posing Tila on the side of a Wind Raider. No. <laughs> <laughs> or the sorceress or something like that. Yeah. We have a lot of ladies. We can do pinups now. But those ladies would kick your butt. So yeah. <laughs> Look at what Mermista did to Merman. Yeah. See, and Mermista would be a perfect pinup girl to stick on the side of a ship or something. Unless you get her mad. Yeah, but uh, I got to tell you, this is an amazing vehicle. But I'm not letting you off the hook. You got to pick a figure for 2014. Oh, it's kind of weird. But you know which one I really love is Gwildor. Just because... I honestly never thought we would get Gildor. Some of the other guys I knew we had a fair chance, but just because it was a movie figure, it was so obscure, and I know, and I know Cornboy doesn't like him, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think we were going to get him, but we did, and that's awesome. I, I, I like him. I love that character. He's, he's, he's just one of those controversial characters where you either like him or you hate him. And I, you know, I just like him, and I think the figure came out great. And I think they did a good job of kind of making him try to fit into the line, even though they put a lot of detail in him. I think he fits in well. I like him. Such an odd character. You know, that's the one thing I don't get why people don't like him. He was, yes, he, he was definitely in the movie. I, I thought, overall, as a figure, they did a great homage to Billy Barty, who was an amazing actor. He did look like Billy Barty. He was in the magazines. He was in his own mini-comics. He was featured in the comic books. He was in every media except the cartoon. Yeah. That was, I agree with you. He was an awesome figure. I still did not like, I know that when we had the Preternia He-Man, I know we were going to get the Cosmic Key yeah. version again. And the bigger version, I'm not, honestly, I'm not crazy about it. I wish it would have been a little smaller. Yeah, I like the, I like the first version of Cosmic Key too. To the one we got with him. I mean, I would have preferred instead of maybe, the cosmic key. Give us that bucket of chicken or something else. <laughs> because we already had the cosmic key too. Well, not everybody did because that was kind of an obscure. Well, uh, I remember that was one of the sub exclusives. Yeah. So, but I don't know. They could have just reused that other one. I liked it. It was small and it had little handle to fit on the figure. That is like the best sculpt, the best head sculpt they've done on him. To criticize a little bit. And this is an issue that the Four Horsemen have, is that I have him right now standing next to He-Man at my Castle Grayskull. He looks like he comes from a different toy line. They, the Four Horsemen sometimes are guilty of over-sculpting a figure, and I do think they kind of did that with him. 
if they held back a little bit on the details, I think he would have looked like he came from the line. Yeah. They, they, it, it sometimes happens, just depends on who's working on the figure or whatever, you know, different different styles sometimes go in. Yeah, and sometimes I want to tell them, hey, you sculpted too much, you know? Yeah, yeah less is more sometimes. He would have been my great figure. I mean, my runner-up was Blade. He came out earlier, early in 2014. He did not look like Anthony DeLongas, because of course he can't do Anthony DeLongas, but he looked like the figure. He had that mean look to him, and... He fit the line. You know, he wasn't, like, overly sculpted. He he looked, you know, I have him standing next to my uh, Skeletor villains. He looks great standing next to Beastman and uh, Triclops and all that. He looks like he's part of it. Of course, the armor could have been fixed a little bit. I actually uh, did some sticky tack underneath to kind of hold it in place. Yeah. I paid uh, this other guy who was selling parts, so I, you know, I'm still angry he didn't come with, like, double weapons, but I paid for some double weapons and all that. And he looks better. You know, he's a good example of a movie figure that fits the light. Right. And we know next year, or sorry, this year, Sorod is coming. So it's always a question of how's he going to look. Yeah, and when do we get him? Now, my runner-up was Light Hope. That really surprised me, figuring there was no reference material other than scotch tape and a push-down light that's figure came out really good. The translucent plastic worked nicely with it. Did bring in elements of the toy version of the Crystal Castle as well as the Filmation version. The only thing I wish it would have had different, and I know I've said it many times, that would have been the perfect place for Lucian's face, for him to be the face of Lighthole. That would have been then the perfect tribute for uh, Lucian's I know there was probably some legal issues and, and being just so close to his passing. But otherwise, that is my second favorite figure of the year. You know, he is he is a nice-looking figure. I, I, do get, I do like the translucent plastic. And I'm surprised people complained. Like, they actually wanted the rainbow. <laughs> I'm like, what? I, I look at him. I kind of put him up there with Standor. Where it's kind of like, yeah, okay, it's there, but I, I really can't fit him anywhere in there. You know, even if they come up with a, and I don't think it's ever going to happen, and you might beg Joe to sculpt the Crystal Castle. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I could afford him <laughs> You know, the, the design overall is great. They put a lot of effort into him, but I agree. Uh, it, he's not a whole figure unless he has Lusheimer's head. Yeah. And it's something they should have done from day one, even when he was still with us and all that. It would not be any effort whatsoever uh, to get permission. I mean, I'm sure all they have to do is contact the family, and the family would wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I mean, he was the voice of Light Hope, and it would have made sense. Plus, if you are a fan of any of the other lines that the Four Horsemen have done, you know Light Hope is sort of like a transitional figure between the Masters and their other long line with the Ravens and all of those figures and the Scarabs. Because <laughs> you do see elements of that line in Light Hope as well. So it is a blended. Hey, um, hey guys, I'm sorry. I think I'm going to have to cut out of here. Alright. So. Alright. But thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm putting out on you guys. No problem, man. I think we were a bit long on the tooth here, but we had a lot to talk about. 
Yeah, for sure. And yeah, let's do it again whenever you guys want. Let me know. All right. Thank you, man. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Hello, listeners of Council of the First Ones. Hello, Yoni, Kelly, Renee. And I believe we have a guest today, so hello. Unfortunately, I won't be able to join in today due to circumstances outside my control. Also, I'm feeling a bit under the weather, so here's a quickie rant on the best and the worst of 2014 in classics. For the best, it's no contest, it's Modulok. I mean, look at him, it's he can recreate most of the 80s configurations. You can create new configurations due to the added articulation, so hands down, he wins. The worst figure, on the other hand, here we have a couple of contenders, but it's all Ruben Martinez and the design team's fault. I mean, we have as a runner-up for the worst figure, we have Rio Blast, bloated jacket, the issue with the guns, the flap on his chest being unable to close, we have double trouble with the whole ugly face, we also have Hydron, who has plenty of issues, uh, tubing covering his eyes on his mask, the bloated armor, etc. But the worst figure of 2014 is New Adventure Skeletor. The sculpt is amazing, Horseman, you knocked it out of the park, but the way Mattel Design implemented the torso into a bloated armor, bad move, the reversed shoulders, another bad move, and to be honest, it's a pain in the neck to fix most of him, and you cannot fix him completely due to the different size pegs on his shoulders. It's not like with King His that you could just open up the torso, swap the shoulders, and call it a day. Here, you're stuck with the reverse shoulders unless you're into recasting and fixing casted parts to recast again, but not everyone has that level of skill, so you can't truly fix New Adventure Skeletor. At least real Blast, you could shave off a bit of the sides on his torso and put the armor on. You can shave off the peg on the torso or slice off a hole in the torso so you can close in the flap in the chest. You could also trim a bit the pegs on the knees, on the on the le- on the thigh part so we can close a bit better. And you can kind of fix them. Same with Hydran. You can shave off a bit of the lats and the armor will close a bit better. You can shave off the peg and have the tubing sit a bit lower. But with New Adventure Skeletor, you cannot truly fix him, especially when the armored pseudo skin was glued together. So you have to nearly break off the chest armor to try and fix it. So biggest design blunder is New Adventure Skeletor. And yeah, I don't like the unnamed one. I... I'm not too fond of Crystal Castleman being Light Hope, but New Adventure Skeletor is the biggest fail in Masters of the Universe Classics 2014. Sorry I couldn't be here for the full episode, but until next time. Well, hold on. Yoni, did you have a figure? <laughs> there. Uh, yes. Uh, well, I did try many of them, but... I think my favorite was uh, Flog. And that was a good figure. He really was a good figure. Yes, he was. The only thing I didn't like was the weapon. Because I keep thinking, um, I know it's like a bola whip, 
and all that, and I keep thinking, okay, if I use that weapon, you know, how does it quite work in combat? I gotta find a better weapon for it, but I agree, that's actually a solid looking figure, and you know, he's a long time in coming. He's one of the few A-listers for the new adventures. Yeah, and the way the uh, Four Horsemen have been sculpting the new adventures, they've actually turned me into a new adventures fan. They've done amazing sculpts on them. They fit in, and I can actually see, okay, how He-Man and She-Ra go off into the space now. We didn't get to ask him, but I think he would have been a little more diplomatic about it. But which do you think were the worst figures? For this year, there weren't many. No, I think it was, I think it was, uh, overall, I mean, all of these were winners, but. Mine, probably Rio Blast, and it's only because that chest piece didn't close completely. Yeah. And we had to do surgery. I do agree. The design, you know, and I want to say again, the design looks amazing. He looks beautiful. But, yeah, that one thing, and it to me, it's a sign of just how, you know, that they cheap. They went cheap. Yeah. And I had to do surgery on him, too. Well, if I remember, he was one of the last ones that Rudy worked on. His parting gift to us. Yeah, it was his middle finger to him. He might as well sculpted a middle finger, you know, on that chest piece. I mean, I mean, nothing wrong with the sculpt or anything, but that came down to the toy engineering where they could have done it, figuring how many customizers put videos up on how to do it and make it where it's going to look good, that Mattel went the cheap route, or Rudy was just counting his days, okay, I'm almost done with Masters of the U, the Motu line, I'm going to another area where I'm going to be able to be more happy. So I don't know if it was cheaping out or just time was running out and he knew his days were numbered. Well, let me let me bring up one that I was okay with until somebody pointed it out, and now that's all I see. I'm talking about Eldor and that mouth sculpt. I was okay with that figure. I thought he was an awesome figure until they started complaining online about the, the mouth. And, you know, I don't have really good eyesight up close. And so I had to put on my magnifying glasses and I looked at his face and I was like, oh my God, he has duck lips. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how? How did you think this was okay? He has duck lips. I mean, I think it's the painting. Like, they didn't paint enough on the mustache beard area. But it looks like he has duck lips. And I'm just, I can't stop staring at it now. So it's duck gore? Yeah. Thanks, Elcor. We got duck gore. Now, going, every time I'm seeing him now, I'm going to be calling him duck gore instead of Eldor. And another one that... I'm always kind of like, if, and I know people would complain because they just do, but I think some of it's unwarranted is the unnamed one. I think he was an okay figure. He was just a disappointment overall. And yet that's one of the ones that I like the most because of the background being as mysterious, yet we do know it's Evelyn's dad, and I had a custom head made for him. Oh, that's a faceless one. I'm talking about the unnamed one. Oh, the unnamed one. <laughs> well, you said the unnamed one, not the... Oh, uh, sorry, getting my figure. Un, yeah. Oh, the Orko. Yeah. Gorpo. After all the hype they made about that figure, it was a letdown. I mean, they really pushed that sub-exclusive where 
you had just the fabric at the different shows with big blue question mark, not even a box. And when they decided to send in the box, you know Scott had too much fun cutting out all the essential parts with that exacto knife. But once we got the figure, it was a letdown. The suspense was better than the figure. It's kind of like episode one all over again. That and getting the uh, leftover parts from the Green Lantern series with him. There was just no way anybody was going to be happy with any figure anybody offered. It was just not going to happen. No. You know, you, you just you could not do it. If there is a uh, 2016 line, which again, I, I highly doubt it. You know, this is the end. I believe this is the end. I mean, we saw that with the minis. That yeah. The fans have had it. The steam has officially ran out. I mean, I can't see them continuing in the six inch slash seven inch uh, size because of the price of the toys. I mean, we will be seeing them at thirty dollars plus the shipping. So for U.S. people, we're looking at about fifty dollars shipping and taxes. God help our international friends. It's going to be seventy five to a hundred dollars. Well, and they said it already that it'll be probably like $28, $30 a figure and one accessory. I can't see it going through. I mean, people don't realize. I mean, the um, I'm starting to see like the six-inch figures at retail for 25 and that's bad. I mean, it's bad. With this, I mean, overall, i I got to say that Class of 2014 was great. I mean, I, I did love... Um, the uh the princes of power figures i mean we're we're done almost just two figures left kelly oh i know perfuma and peekaboo and they're coming oh i know i'm just wondering which version of uh perfuma they're gonna go with going by standards i'm predicting we're going to see a uh filmation version yeah which i'm okay with i actually prefer it over the uh toy version That'd be nice if they get her to smell a little like perfume, but... You never know. We did get Mossman and Stinkor both smelling, so they might surprise us. But in a few short weeks, most a month from today, we should know what we're going to be getting for a second quarter. Well, there is one more Snake Man. Rotar and Twist, uh, Twistoid. Twistor. Twistoid right. should be coming, and that's the last of the good guys. So there really isn't much left anyway. Even if they said, okay, let's do 2016, there is not much. We'd be going into the obscure characters in 2016. Possibly even the comic book versions, which I do still predict there is a Despara figure coming. Oh, yeah. They have to make Despara. They owe us like four he mans <laughs> Not four, I'm sorry. <laughs> Two he mans this year. Bellator, <laughs> uh... we know we're getting Hurricane Hordak. Not Hurricane Buzz oh, off. Uh, buzz off. And supposedly people have spotted the uh, the buzz off accessories on eBay auctions and. Uh, oh, our friendly neighborhood Jap Chinese uh, dumpster diver must be at it again. Yeah, the guy who's selling a bunch of weapons and all that, and a couple of the pictures there is what looks like buzz off. <laughs> Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Remember to check out our friends over at HeMan.org for all your Masters of the Universe news up to the minute. And remember to check out MaddieCollector.com on the 15th of the month to get your figures. Until next time, good journey. 
I'm Renee, wishing you all a good journey. Uh, really? Good journey. I'm sure Crespo will say something, but he wishes everybody a good journey, too. <laughs> <laughs>